It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flint composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. A social it. distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. Ed Augusta is on his final hole. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, he got all of that. The crowd is standing on his feet here at Augusta. The normally reserved Augusta crowd. Going wild. For this young Cinderella, who's come out of nowhere, he's got about 350 yards left. He's going to hit about a 500, expect, don't you think? He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left, and he's got a... Looks like he's got about an eight. This crowd has gone deadly silent. Cinderella story, out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole. Hey, young fella, I was hoping to squeeze in nine holes before this. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner. Wednesday it is, which means armchair politics coming up in just a little while. Uh, community activist Art Woodson will be joining our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. That's coming up at the... Uh, uh, beginning of the next hour for two hours of commentary and analysis about local, state, national news headlines and current events. And we opened up with a, a little snippet from the movie Caddyshack. It was Bill Murray 
lining up his last last shot at Augusta, and uh, just just our way of uh, giving a little hat tip and uh, best wishes for a full recovery to Tiger Woods, who was in a uh, pretty horrible car accident uh, over the last day or so. He spent yesterday in surgery, but he's out of surgery and uh, and set for recovery, and we wish him uh, all the best. He's uh, certainly, everybody knows the movie Caddyshack. Well, even more people know about uh, Tiger Woods, I would suspect. He, um, let's see, uh, he won... Um, in, in, it was one of the men's all-time leading major professional championship winner, having won, uh, let's see, the Masters in 97, 2001, 2002, 2005, and 2019, and uh, the U.S. Open in 2000, 2002, and 2008, the British Open in 2000, and... Uh, 05 and 06 and the PGA in 1999 2000 um, and 06-07 anyway um, best wishes to uh, Tiger Woods uh, coming up uh, in just a minute we're going to talk with the CEO of uh, let's see if I get this right uh, Transmedia Group um, he's a former uh, TV executive who went with uh, Fred Silverman from ABC to NBC back in the day and then founded uh, Transmedia Group. And he does, uh, Tom Madden is his name, and he does a uh, a blog that's called uh, Madden Mischief. And he did one just recently that caught my attention, not because it was about the kerfuffle involving Ted Cruz and, and leaving Texas during the the freeze emergency and going to Cancun with his daughters but because he focused on the word kerfuffle and we have a very funny conversation coming up in uh, just a moment or so and uh, he's, he's an interesting and, and fun guy and has some interesting observations about basically spin doctoring public relations and uh, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, what you should say, and what you shouldn't say. Anyway, stay tuned. Tom Madden next. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is uh, the head of a group, uh, Transmedia Group, after spending some time uh, as a television executive, but we won't hold that part against him. Um, he uh, joins me by phone. We're going to talk about a uh, recent media alert I got about the latest kerfuffle involving uh, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. My guest's uh, name is uh, Tom Madden, and as I mentioned, he joins me by phone. Tom, welcome to the show. Well, I'm happy to be here, uh, Tom. Uh, nice to talk to you. I was surprised when I, I got a, an alert in my, in my email, and I I, I couldn't help reading it because uh, the word kerfuffle has always tickled me, and I've been aware of it for a long time. And I was really kind of surprised that in your uh, little nudge about the word kerfuffle and applying it to the problems that Ted Cruz is having, uh, um, that you hadn't been familiar with the word. 
Well, it's, uh, it's not a word that I commonly use, let's put it that way. But I came across it recently, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Senator Cruz had this uh, situation, and they just seemed to run together. Uh, kerfuffle is a, uh, is a kind of a, a serious mistake. Uh, it causes a kind of uproar. Uh, uh, it, it's close to the word um, uh, kablooey. Uh, you remember that word? Kabuki? Yeah, yeah. It's an explosion uh, that causes uh, terrible uh, after effects. Uh, what a kablooey, you know? Uh, so anyway, so it reminded me of that, and uh, so I had some fun with the word. Yeah, I've always I've always thought of the word kerfuffle as, as being sort of akin to a dust-up. Okay, uh, it, it, it's funny how it conjures up so many words and images. Well, and, and uh, you know, I heard about it from the the Prime Minister uh, Boris. Uh, at uh, you know, he was he was talking about uh, you know Donald Trump's impeachment, and he used the words very interesting words. He called it the toings and froings and all the kerfuffle. <laughs> that was the impeachment, you know. So, and then that word kind of stuck in my brain. And then all of a sudden, I see Senator Cruz realizing, you know, uh, the optics of fleeing, freezing Texas at a time when all his constituents are suffering. Uh, it really didn't look good. You know, we, we've all done things, said things, you know, and then afterwards, we saying, hey, that's not going to come across very well. You know, I'm the leader there. I better be there. So he returns to the scene of the freeze and, uh, you know, and then hence the kerfuffle because uh, people thought that he left his poodle in his in his house. And that caused an uproar. You know how people are concerned about pets. Oh, absolutely. uh, But it turned out, yeah, it turned out to be, uh, he did not just leave his poodle Snowflake is the name. Uh, just on its own, he had someone take care, taking care of it, and there, you know, there was no peril to the pet. So, oh, and that's, that's uh, so good. anyway, so that, yeah. So that that kerfuffle was kind of like quieted a little bit, but nevertheless, uh, he, he has paid a little bit of a price for the optics of leaving, fleeing the scene. Tom, you work in PR, and you've been given credit for a a lot of real um, tremendous efforts on the behalf of uh, your clients. You were um, at ABC and went with Fred Silverman to, um, or have I got that in the right order, went from ABC to NBC. Um, And we did hopped over to, it was like a a three-block move. (laughs) Still had to clean out your desk, though. Um, but uh, the the reason that I bring that up is because who better to comment on maybe how Ted Cruz might have handled it better? Um, I, you know, most there were other people who, you know, just shut off their water and bugged out to, you know, other parts to, to ride out the storm, so to speak. But um, in... You know, I don't think it's that crazy for a, a senator to say, you know what, I'm going to head to Mexico or I'm going to go up to Oklahoma or, some, you know, someplace get out of the storm, you know, for a couple of days. 
and then realized that it looked bad. Mm-hmm. How might he well, have? Well, sure did. Yeah. How might he have handled that rather than you know throw his kids under the bus? Well, I tell you, uh, you know, I've been doing crisis management, uh, you know, all my career, yeah. uh, either at the networks or at my own PR firm, uh, Transmedia Group. I mean, I'm always helping CEOs uh, get out of trouble. And one of the things that uh, is very paramount is that, you know, when you have a problem, you don't run from it. You run towards it. The, the optics of running away from a problem are you're guilty, man. You're there's something wrong with you. You're not a leader. You're not in it uh, with the rest of uh, you know your constituents. So I would advise him first of all, do not leave. All right. Yes, save your family, get them safely away and, and into a nice uh, Ritz Carlton in Cancun, and you know <laughs> let them be protected. But. Uh, but yourself, you need to be there with your constituents, uh, suffering along with them and helping them get out of the plight that they're in, or at least be seen to be doing that, not exiting. You don't exit. You run toward the problem, but, and you deal with it. I remember years ago um, that uh, General Motors went to Washington to try and raise some money during the the time of bailouts must must have probably been right around 2008 that's right and they flew there in this big luxury corporate jet <laughs> that's right you remember yes, that story yes, yes, i remember that um, i remember that that's another one where some pr guy should have advised them you don't come begging you know in a, in a in a in a horse carrier you know in a, in a, in a rolls royce so, uh, yes, it was not a uh, very good idea. And uh, those the optics in this world are so important. In fact, they, they speak louder than the words. Yeah, they really uh, do. And, and this, this case with, uh, with Cruz, I think he tried to get a little too slick when, when he came back and said, oh, I was just dropping my kids off. And, and came yeah, right back. Well, he did admit having second thoughts. Uh, uh, and and that, and that was coming close to kind of like recognizing he made a mistake. Uh, he did use the word I'm, "I'm having second thoughts," and so uh, he realized the you know the optics of this, and he returned. So uh, I think you could give him credit for that. And you know, I, I I like the senator. I have nothing against him. I I wish I was there to advise him to stay put. Uh, get help his family, but he has to stay there. You don't desert the ship. But uh, how you does, know, you, what would you think of your captain leaving a ship that is sinking or on fire? I mean, that is not going to be very comforting to see your captain depart the ship. And that's happened, too, with a lot of sh- crises at sea. Remember those? Oh, yeah. I, I remember um, there was a, a panel discussion with uh, former White House chiefs of staff. And one of the questions was, how do you get your boss when they're the president of the United States to not make the the damn fool mistake? Yes, yes. 
More with Tom Madden from Transmedia Group straight ahead. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of COVID-19. Wear your mask correctly. Wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before putting on your mask. Holding the ear loops or ties, make sure the mask covers your nose and mouth and secure it around your chin. Try to fit it snugly against the sides of your face. Make sure you can breathe easily and keep the mask on the entire time you're in public. To learn more, visit cdc.gov coronavirus. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. 
Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Tom Madden from Transmedia Group straight ahead. I was just wondering how a U.S. senator and former presidential candidate like Ted Cruz not have people around him saying, oh, Ted, this is a really bad idea. Well, you know, you raise an interesting uh, part of this discussion because uh, I've seen uh, people in mighty positions, uh, CEOs of major companies, and you'd be surprised that uh, there's a kind of a moat around them, and you're, you're, you, many of the who are close to them are reluctant to criticize them too much because you want to you want to say what they're saying and you want to believe what they're believing, but you can't play that role. You have to be a friendly adversary when it comes to uh, your senior, uh, your leader making a mistake. You have to have the guts to say, you shouldn't do this. You've made a mistake. Now admit the mistake and go to the press and tell them that you were wrong to do what you did. And you are never, ever going to leave a crisis situation again. And here's what you've done to, in the meantime, to, to make it easier for everybody else and then start peeling off all the things that you're involved in and so forth. And what you don't do is delegate a someone to do the talking for you. You do the talking. You're the boss. You're the CEO. You're the one the press wants to hear from and that the public wants to hear from. So you have to do it. But that's the problem with being in a high, mighty position. People are reluctant to criticize you. It's a terrible situation, but people around the leaders need to be brave and tough and objective. And are the leaders themselves too um, too afraid to admit making a mistake? Well, that, that's a part of the, the equation, too. Uh, you know, it's, it's, there is a reluctance to admit a mistake. Uh, I mean, we all have that. It's it's like the yeah. three scariest words besides "I love you" or "I don't know." <laughs> well, <laughs> you're right. They don't want to look ignorant, and they don't want to look uh, foolish, and they want to they want to come across as their image it, uh, wants them to be. And you know, so they don't want that ruffled or kerfuffled. <laughs> and uh, when and when it happens, uh, you know the people around them who are advising them need to have the guts to stand up and say, "Listen, you've made a mistake," uh, or "Don't dare think of leaving uh, uh, this situation." Uh, you have to be seen as leading in this situation more important than ever. And I like the guy. Uh, I mean, to me, he's he's not a uh, a vampire uh, as. One of the uh, nominees of Biden calls him. Do you, do you know about that one? Oh yeah, there's been a lot of social media that that. Said... Oh yeah, no, no, he gets he gets uh, you know a lot of people uh, you know are attacking him on social media, so he's got a lot of adversaries, and he's got to keep his cool. 
But uh, yeah, but I've heard, this, I've heard you know, him called. It's not Ed, easy to be a leader. I've heard him called Eddie Munster's evil twin. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's, he's got all kinds of names, you know, her over there on, on the internet. But nevertheless, uh, he, he he means well. He's a good guy. Uh, I like most of the things that he's an advocate for. Not all of them, but most it, of them. It was just a few weeks ago that he um, sort of trounced on uh, Austin's mayor for taking a trip to Mexico during the, the pandemic, as if somehow yeah. he had left the ship uh, uh, unpiloted. Yeah, I, I know, you know, it, it was something about this crisis uh, being so, such a, a blanketed, the entire state. And he, and I guess his thought was, uh, you know, first let me save my family, and what the hell am I going to do anyway? I mean, it's out of my hands. I mean, I, I, I don't control the, the power switch here, and... You know, so uh, I, 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 it, it's just different from the pandemic situation. It was so colossal and spread across the state so evenly. So he might have thought, well, you know, everybody's fleeing, and uh, it's the natural thing to do uh, to save my family and so forth. So he might have rationalized his flight uh, from the crisis, and, but it was a mistake. I remember one time there was a, a hurricane in Texas, <clears throat> and uh, there was a, a sheriff, this was in Houston, I think, that was telling John Q. Public, you know, just, just shelter in place, just stay home, we're going to ride this out. And I had a friend who was working in Houston at the time, and I thought, well, I'm going to call him and, you know, do a little interview, little, you know, somebody who's there you know, in the, in the midst of it. And, uh, and so I got a hold of her and, and I said, uh, Sue, you know, uh, how, how are things down there? Are the schools closed? You know, what's, what's happening? And she said, I don't know. I'm in Nashville. <laughs> and, and she said, you know, she said the sheriff came on TV and said, we're going to hunker down. And I thought, I don't know anything about hunkering down. I'm bugging out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that, that is the tendency to flee from problems. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, CEOs of companies, uh, they don't want to discuss the problems. They want somebody else to handle it. Uh, let somebody else do that. And that's exactly the wrong course of action. You know, I got a call today. Believe it, it's so ironic. I got a call from a guy I'm trying to help. Uh, he's a prisoner in Texas. And he was telling me how horrible it was, how freezing. I mean, I mean, he was he just suffered uh, for hours and hours and hours uh, because, you know, here he is incarcerated. And uh, I, I write about this guy in a book I have coming out. Uh, his name is Lamar Burks. He's been 20 years in prison, and uh, there's so much evidence that he's innocent. But the system won't crank out uh, a, a, a chance to analyze all this new evidence that's emerging that he could not have committed a murder uh, 20, three, 22 years ago for which he's already spent 20 years. Well, anyway, uh, I write about Lamar Burks in my latest book, but I was so concerned about his 
safety. Uh, he's in Houston, a prison in Houston. And, and he told me how horrible it was. I mean, it's horrible enough to be in prison when you are innocent. But can you imagine and under those conditions, not being able to flee? You are stuck in prison in the worst time in history in that region. And there's nothing you could do about it. But, boy, I, I blessed him for hanging in there. And right now it's starting to ease up now. And, uh, you know, they've got some uh, heat coming in now and so forth. They have water problems, but uh, they, they, the, the cold issue has been uh, eliminated somewhat, most of it. But anyway, uh, I just want to throw that thing. The name of my book is called Word Shine Man. Word Shine Man. Okay? Because okay. that's what I do today. I, I fix up everybody's press release. You know, I'm the guy who gets the press releases from all the interns and the young staffers and I see a million problems with them and I, I fix up the headlines. So at least they'll catch somebody's eye and attention and I change words around and I put the lead where it should be, which is sometimes buried in the third paragraph. Uh, you know, so, you know, young people today, they're, they're, they're so bright. They're so quick and they can, those thumbs on those uh, cell phones, man, a mile a minute. But <laughs> I know, there right? is problems with writing today, and that's why I write all about it and give examples before and after, before and after, in Wordshine, man. So I hope, you know, I'll send you a copy when it comes out, probably. Uh, yeah, when, yeah, when does, when do you think it'll be out? I, uh, they're telling me it may, it may be uh, two months because things grinding slow because of the pandemic. Sure. Everything is moving slowly. And, uh, so, you know, probably in the next couple of months, I'll have it out. It'll be on Amazon. It'll be everywhere. So, uh, and I, I'm very, very happy with this book. I think it says a lot about, uh, you know, words today and how we are, you know, lo losing a little of our literary ability, our expressive ability, our writing ability. And and even to and, some degree, Tom, the art of conversation. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, to, to articulate a problem and to, to spell it out and use the right words. Uh, I, I think our vocabulary, the average vocabulary is shrinking, I think. I, I don't think it's expanding. It's shrinking. And I even invented some new vocabulary words in my book. I think you'll get a kick out of them. Oh, that'll be great. That'll be great. And I hope you'll come back and talk about the uh, about the book as well. Oh, um, are you kidding? An author talking about his book? This is my fifth book. And I, <laughs> I love talking about my book. <laughs> I, I, I bet you do. And I, and I would look forward to that. Um, but, but I want to talk a little bit more about the... Uh, uh, about this this Texas thing, there were a couple of things oh, yeah. that Good. that took me by surprise, and I, I, did I, did it surprise you as much as it did me that Texas's power grid was separate from the rest of the country? Well, no, I I don't I don't know too much about the the uh, technical aspects of this disaster. So uh, I know that the uh, facility that is supposed to be handling all this had some breakdowns and they didn't winterize. I I don't know exactly all the uh, what goes into winterizing, but they just didn't winterize and they weren't prepared for this. Now yeah, they're uh, that's now the company the that. 
that's the company yeah. that had reliability in its title? I believe so. Electric yes. uh, liability or reliability. Electric reliability. Something like that, yeah. Something, and I believe the, uh, the head of that company is probably going to lose his job, but he's... Uh, Right and now he's expressing a lot of sympathy, and you know, and he's doing his best to recover from this thing. But hey, listen, we're we're supposed to avoid disasters, you know, and that's when you're get when you're getting paid well, and you're in charge of an organization, you better count safety first and see that you're going to be able to withstand the results of climate change because it's not the same world as it was. 10 or even 15 years ago, it's a different world. We're going to see more violent storms and more violent things like in, in the climate, uh, the freezing and the heat and everything else. So we've got to prepare for this. And if anybody's in that charge of that area, they better be up to speed and they better be ahead of the curve uh, or, or it's going to be more disastrous. Would, so hopefully this is a sign that went out to everybody who's in that capacity of of, of, of dealing with a potential catastrophe. Did you see where um, AOC, um, the uh, Congress uh, person from New York, traveled to Texas to give out uh, blankets and bottled water and, and help out with the tragedy at a, at about the same time? that news was uh, breaking and, and uh, Ted Cruz was trying to cover, you know, recover from his trip to Mexico. What, um, right. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I think that, that that's admirable. And, and, and if I were advising companies uh, to, to, to chip in and do things like that, I would certainly be highly recommending, uh, you know, uh, help. Uh, in a time of need like that. I mean, it was an urgent situation. And, and now the water situation, and uh, and I, I work with water companies, and I'm always recommending that they step in and help out, uh, you know, in disasters like this. And, you know, sure, it's great. It's great PR, and it looks good, but it's a sense of, uh, of, of helping to restore safety and health and everything else it's it's important for all of us to look out for each other do you think on balance that uh that cortez um heading to texas from from new york was uh good pr for her or does she run a risk that uh that her own constituents will think that it was uh you know self-serving and kind of a pr move well, it, it, there, there, there's going to be some on one side of the, others on the other side of it. Well, and that's why uh, I said, Tom, yeah, in balance. Yeah, yeah. In on balance, I think it's it's probably a good move. I mean, to show compassion for people who are suffering, uh, especially the minorities in in those areas. I mean, they're living in incredibly tough situations. Uh, that boy who was in that trailer, I mean, you know, playing with his dog in the snow one minute and next minute he's no longer alive. Uh, you know, people who are compassionate are going to resonate to that. And that's how I would, uh, you know, explain uh, her, her, you know, uh, you know uh, movement there and 
decision to to go do something because it was a very it's a very compelling situation we're all watching the news it's on the major all the major uh, channels and networks and uh, you know and it strikes a chord in those of us who have courts and this one had a court, and uh, I think I, I, I think it's very defensible and, and noble and admirable. So, but they're always going to say, "Oh yeah, sure, PR, <clears throat> PR motive." But uh, I, I think it, it weighs on uh, on on the on the plus side. Now, does uh, Senator Cruz live live this down, um, or will people forget uh, by time the? Spring thaw comes. Well, his adversaries will not let them forget. That's well, the yeah, problem. that's true. You know, you know uh, when you when you put your, uh, you know, you you stumble like that. Uh, I mean, you know, what we have today is you know, we have great visuals that are preserved, and then they're all shown at the right time when there's elections and so forth, and it's going to come back and bite him and haunt him. So, uh, you know, he can he can try to make up for it, and do some wonderful things and be magnanimous and generous and of his time and so forth. But, uh, you know, once you step in it, uh, you're going to it's going to be on your shoe for a long time. One last one last thing I wanted to bring up because you work, uh, you know, in because you're a wordsmith is this notion that every time somebody says something, there's a whole contingency of people that will slap them down for it, this sense of division and animosity that exists. And, and you know, it's it's been sort of uh, what focused in, you know, on two sides of the aisle. It's It's become sort of right and left at war. Um it's no longer to be wrong, you know, if, if somebody says something that you don't agree with, they're not just wrong, they're a moron. Yes, that's right. Well, <clears throat> yes, we're, we're, we're living in that uh, era. Uh, there is great division, and uh, it's very intense on both sides. So you do risk uh, uh, in this situation, and... Uh, uh, and actually, I write about that too in one of my books. Uh, is there a uh, way to soften that, Tom? It is. Is uh, well, there is. There is a way to uh, to explain and exemplify in such a rational way that it would be very difficult for critics to use it. And uh, but you really have to be sure of the optics and the meaning and the perception uh, and, and come across as someone who is not just uh, uh, exploiting something for their own benefit, but doing something out of genuine concern. Uh, and that, that sometimes can work. I thought the, the, the president in that, uh, in that, speech and lighting the, the candles and so forth last night was, was very compelling. Uh, is someone going to say, ah, oh, he's just, you know, just trying to, you know, make himself look good, his administration appreciated and so forth? No. I think that came across. I don't think someone, I don't think the opposition 
is going to attack, attack him for that because it was done with too much sincerity. Is and, is and that him. is he on the right track generally with his um, messages of of uh, compassion and working together? Can he bridge the divide? Well, he can bridge it, but there's going to be you know there's going to be uh, mistakes, and uh, you know this this uh, nominee for uh, office of management and budget uh, near a tendon. And all her uh, viciousness on the internet uh, does not speak well of his intention to bring about unity. Uh, we don't need another uh, vehement, uh, you know, uh, tweeter, Twitter, Twitter, or whatever. So uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't. Twit works for me. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't speak well uh, for for uh, you know for him to, to pick him as a nominee. But uh, but there are others that he's, the administration is, I think it's coming together, and there's some very, lots, a lot of sincere people who are seemingly very competent. But I think she might have been a mistake, and, uh, and I think he's going to be at a point where he's going to have to admit uh, and replace her with somebody else because uh, there's just too many emails there attacking everybody and anybody, including... Uh, Senator Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I, I, I guess the, um, I, I guess it kind of means that this social media has really trapped people into breaking an old uh, rule, an old adage that uh, you never write anything down. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, the internet has a memory uh, like crazy, and uh, you know, so what might have been totally appropriate at a certain moment is going to sound very uh, vicious and mean at another moment. I, you know, so uh, I would be very careful. Uh, uh, these leaders. I the first thing I did, I, I, I wrote this one book about President Trump. And uh, it's called, Is There Enough Brady and Trump to Win the Insuperable Bowl? That's the title <laughs> of the book. And I actually advised Trump uh, shortly after he, he won election not to tweet so much. Uh, it was his shortcoming. I, I think he just couldn't resist it. And I think it caused him more trouble uh, than gain uh, with this uh, this compulsive needing to treat the tweet at all hours of the night. And I think he made a mistake there, and uh, I think he uh, developed uh, you know a lot of opposition uh, from all those tweets. More with Tom Madden from Transmedia Group straight ahead. <laughs> Isolated by 
this is Joe Pye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. The Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com 
is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Tom Madden from Transmedia Group, straight ahead. I think that uh, we're living in an age where it's too easy to get your feelings uh, out to vast audiences. So we need to be wise about what we're saying and how often we're saying it, uh, or it's going to come back and and bite us. So, uh, you know, know, people have to be very careful with uh, how easy it is to get the word out there. So, uh, which is very attractive to a lot of people, and they can't resist it. But they don't think uh, and analyze before they they actually do the process, and that's the problem today. It's too easy to make a blunder. Well, my guest is Tom Madden from Transmedia Group, and uh, Tom, I always uh, we got to wrap things up, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and what we've been talking about and transmedia group and your work past present and future um is there a a website that you think would be a good resource sure uh transmediagroup.com uh it spells it all out we're a uh, a full service uh, international pr firm we're serving clients uh, worldwide and and this year we're celebrating our 40th anniversary I started the, the business 40 years ago. I can't believe it. Oh, boy. But, that's that's funny how time and we're flies. That, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm that old, and so is the firm, and uh, yet we <laughs> have been very successful. And over all those years, it made a lot of people famous and very rich and very successful and got a lot of them out of trouble in the crisis management we've performed for some of the largest companies in America. <clears throat> so it's Transmedia Group, and uh, and we're in Boca Raton, uh, headquarters in Boca Raton, and uh, as I said, serving clients all over the world. Well, the piece we started out talking about was uh, under the banner Madden Mischief. <laughs> that's my blog. How, yeah, how often, blog. How often do you blog, Tom? I blog usually once a week. Yeah. And uh, in this case, I did it uh, twice a week because we just hired this this fantastic uh, woman. Uh, and uh, I, I wrote a blog about her because she has such an amazing background. <clears throat> I'm so proud. Who, who is to that? Have, uh, Jennifer Weinstein. Okay. She's, uh, she was with, uh, you know, uh, all the largest networks. And uh, she's a, a real pro and uh, accomplished uh, so much. So we're happy to have her aboard. She has contacts galore. She's been doing this for a long time and knows everybody who's anybody in the media. And that's that's how we're able to accomplish so many objectives out of friendships and relationships. Well, the so, blog uh, is obviously working, Tom, because it got my attention. And, and, kudos, <laughs> and kudos to you for being willing to... Uh, Sit down and talk about it a little bit. I just I contacted oh, you kind pleasure. of out of the blue. Uh, you're a great interviewer, a very, a very relaxed interview, and I like it. It's uh, uh, I, I enjoyed the conversation, and I hope your listeners uh, will like it too. Well, Tom, thanks so much, and uh, maybe one of these days I'll be able to afford to have you out there pushing for me. <laughs> All right, man. I would nothing like nothing better. Okay. All right. Take See care, Tom. Tom. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. 
That was Tom Madden. He uh, blogs under the uh, banner Madden Mischief. He is uh, with Transmedia Group after uh, being an executive in television at both ABC and NBC back in the Fred Silverman days. And uh, we're going to uh, end it there, but we'll uh, have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Don't forget Armchair Politics coming up in just a little bit. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. ladies and gentlemen, fine, fine welcome, and it's certainly very gratifying to know that you feel this way and that you people have accepted my being able to sub for Johnny this week, because it seems to have caused quite a bit of difficulty around here at NBC. Uh, earlier this evening, I was in Johnny's dressing room, and one of the wardrobe mistresses walked by, and she sticks her head in the door, she sees me, and she says, what are you doing in Johnny Carson's dressing room? <laughs> If he catch you in here, this is the last time you're going to be on this show. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm very glad that you feel that. We, we will, during the course of the week, find some way to overcome her problem and firmly convince her that NBC, without a doubt, has established within everyone's mind that it is the full-color network. <laughs> All right? fun for me. It's this, this entire week is going to be fun. I've looked forward to it. And, uh, in fact, to stand here and act so cool, I'm excited. I'm not nervous. I'm excited. In the dressing room, I felt good. I was thinking, you know, just different ways of expressing the enthusiasm. And I was saying to myself, Woo! <laughs> well, it's made me think back. This is a long way from where I started. You know, I used to work in a drive-in movie. That's right, it was really rough. But it was fun. It was a hard job, but it was fun. I used to go around and shine the light in the car, tell people when the picture's over. <laughs> I got $25 a week and all I could see. <laughs> I'd walk around and say, the picture's over, the picture's over! <laughs> I tried a lot of things, I tried a lot of things. I feel that I'm prepared to assume the responsibility for well, this job, this is, well, this job is like, uh, I feel like this job is like being at a weenie roast with me being the weenie. <laughs> I just threw that in, you know? Like, uh, yes, yes. I, I tried a lot of things. You know, coming along, I, uh, during my younger years, I tried, uh, I operated my own business. It was a lemonade stand, you know? And uh, it was doing pretty good. It, the way it went is I had a big sign over the lemonade stand called Flip's Lemonade, all you can drink for a dime. Well, that was great, and it was going along pretty well, but then you always run into a wise guy, you know? One day a guy comes up to the stand, he says, uh, is this lemonade as good as everybody says it is? And I said, you better believe it, this lemonade is just as good as what your mother used to make. And the guy said, hmm, that gotta be some very good lemonade. <laughs> I said, and in addition to that, I give you all you can drink for a dime can't beat that. See, let me tell you how I fix this lemonade. I put extra sugar in the glass. So that when you turn the glass up to drink it, 
the lemonade starts swirling around, and that makes the sugar swirl, and lemonade gets sweeter as you go down, you know, as it goes down. Makes it taste better, and uh, then the lemonade is very cold. I put extra ice in the pitcher, and then I pack the pitcher in the ice. I said, yeah, that's all right. He said, uh, give me a glass. So I gave him a glass, and uh, he says, I'll have another glass. I said, well, that'll be another dime. He said, now, hold on. He said, the sign says all you can drink for a dime. I said, but you had a glass, didn't you? And I said, yes. I said, well, that's all you can drink for a dime. <laughs> caught on to that pretty quick, so I, I kind of cut the lemonade business loose, and I've worked toward tonight. And uh, during the course, now let me see, things are going to be a little different with Johnny not here. The whole purpose of the show is fun. We're going to try to have as much fun, you know, but other things will be different, such as uh, during the course of my opening spot, I'll eliminate Johnny's genuine, authentic golf swing. We won't have that this week. No, I wouldn't infringe upon the man's right to open, you know, that, that's not, that's his swing. You know, I swing another way. I got my own way of <laughs> But uh, if, if Johnny's looking in tonight, I was thinking of some way. I don't play golf myself. Well, the ball is too small. If the ball was a little larger, I'd play. Uh, but in the elevator at the hotel I'm staying at, coming up on the elevator, I heard two guys discussing the game, and I thought it was a pretty amusing conversation. One fellow says to the other, he said, uh, say, George, he said, how's your golf game coming? John said, it's all right. It's all right. Well, I said, you should be pretty good. You and Freddie playing every other day. George said, look, said, don't mention Freddie's name to me. I said, I don't want to talk about Freddie. You understand? So don't bring his name up to me. Well, I said, but you and Freddie are such good friends. You guys play golf every other day. George said, well, not anymore. I said, well, what happened? I said, look, I said, do you want to play with a guy who cheats on the score? Want to play with a guy who cheats? A guy who, if he makes a hole in one, he's going to take off two? Do you want to play with you want to play with a guy who, who steals your clubs while you're watching the ball because somebody's already got your bag? <laughs> so do you want to play with a guy who'll run through the clubhouse yelling burn baby burn? <laughs> so do you want to play with a guy like that? And the fellow said, heck no. He said, well, neither do Freddy. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Program, don't you know? Go on, go on, get out of here. <laughs> 